This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Kickin' Life Podcast. Your host, your truly Kickin' Life guru, Master Rich Grogan. Hey, as Rocky says, nothing hits harder in life. It's not about how hard you can hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. And that's how winning is done. And I want you to be a winner. I want you to be your very, very best. I want to inspire and motivate you to believe in yourself. So when, not if, but when life knocks you down, you get right back up with that confidence that I can take on more, I can do more, and I can live my best kick in life. All right, so buckle up, saddle up, here we go. Kicking lifers out there, how the heck are you? Happy day to you, whatever day it is. Kicking Life Guru Master Rich Grogan coming at you live with the Kicking Life Podcast. Hey, just ask producer Brian what episode this is, and believe it or not, it's episode number 37. Wow! So if you have not uh, downloaded all the other previous episodes, get on it there. A lot of good stuff. And as you know, every single time I'll do everything I possibly can with research and study to bring you the best content, best information to help you live your best kick in life. So today we've got a super special guest on the show. And uh, um, I'll tell you what, this has been, and this is no lie, probably one of the in the top five inspirational women uh, in my life, but she's helped take me to a level that I didn't even know was possible. So I'm going to save a lot of the accolades till we get her on the phone here. But I've got a couple things for you as we start things off. And if you didn't get to listen to the last uh, episode, that the person on there, my wife, <laughs> it was and is the most influential woman in my life. She's definitely helped change me and helped me become the very best person I am. And I tell you what, the Kickin' Life podcast would not be here and uh, we probably wouldn't have the Martial Arts Academy, the business, anything else without her constant uh, support. Definitely number one support, putting up with me and all my nonsense. And then also the um, uh, the financial backing. She was my sugar mama forever. While I was trying to go through the ups and downs of business there, she was you know, supporting the cause, and now she's a huge part of the business and a big reason why we've achieved the level of success we have. So shout out to you, hon. I love you. And uh, I know she was shy about, or scared and shy, I guess, about being on the podcast last time, but she did a great job. Also, my little buddy Emmett was on the last one as well, my eight-year-old. And if you have not downloaded that one and checked it out, please do so. And just a quick reminder, you can find our podcast on Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. And there's a ton of other great podcasts on lineupmedia.fm. So be sure to check us out. And as always, not only subscribe and download this, but share this episode and all the other previous episodes with others. Because together, we're going to make our society a happier, healthier, safer place to live. And we're going to inspire people to believe in themselves to live their best kick in life. So there we go. A little, little early run in there with those thoughts and feedback and getting that stuff out of the way. We have to get out of the way. But I'm telling you what, it Nothing grows without the help of everybody else. In our tribe, we continue to grow, and I want to continue to push this baby to the moon and back. All right, starting things off as we always do with our good friends at the Daily Lion. Uh, become the Lion, our hashtag Become the Lion. Check these guys out if you haven't done so. But our quote for the day is, when you change your thoughts, you change your world. And we've talked about you know that, maybe not that exact statement, but that thought process numerous times. And I'll say it again, when you change your thoughts, you change your world. And it's kind of the 
how you look at things. If you look at, uh, if you kind of condition yourself to always look at the negative, always look at life, something bad's going to happen or somebody's going to take advantage of you, I'm telling you what, that's what you're going to see more and more of. And you hear me talk all the time about your reticular activating system. And what the heck is the reticular activating system? That's the part of your mind. It's a filter in your subconscious mind that filters out your basically 70, 80,000 thoughts a day you have and focuses and magnifies the thoughts that you think about the most. And that's why that brings it into light. An example always gives all about, you know, if you bought a new car, you drive that car off the lot, suddenly your car is everywhere. Well, it's always been there. You just have never really focused or paid attention to it before. So anyway, while you focus on things or what you think about, how you see things, that's your world. Now, if you've conditioned yourself for 30, 40 years to think bad thoughts and uh, the world's out to get you, man, you, you've got quite a bit built up in there. It's going to take a little while to get that out. But I'm living proof you can do it. But you have to be willing to do it. You have to be willing to fight. And here's the thing about fighting anything, especially change, it's going to knock you down. You're going to have more losses up front than you ever, ever envisioned. But as long as you get back up one more time, get back up one more time. And that's why, you know, I love the, the Rocky movies and the Rocky analogies about you get knocked down and get back up. And the old, the old saying, you get knocked down seven times, get up eight. You get knocked down 99 times, get up 100. Of course, all those things are easier said than done, but it can be done. Just as simple as it is to lay there, it's just as simple, eh, a little tougher maybe, to get back up. But I tell you, one pays off tremendously in the end, and the other one, you just lay there. And we've got our special guest on the phone, and that is Miss Melody Schumann. Melody, how are we today? I am doing fantastic today. How are you? Fantastic. Well, we know you are, and I kind of gave you a little build-up kind of moving into this thing, and it's probably going to make you blush a little bit, but I've shared most of these things with you before, and I definitely shared them with our, our listenership. You are probably in the top five of most influential women in my life. And I know that sounds, whoa, what's wackadoo, but I'll explain it. I've mentioned to you before. Until 2012 was when I first heard you on a webinar with Champions Way. You probably don't remember it because you do so many of those things. But you had mentioned Zeke Ziegler, and I'd never heard of Zeke Ziegler before. And I'm like, Zeke Ziegler, who is this guy? And all I knew was, here's this extremely motivated, energetic, I mean, just full of life woman on this webinar. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what the heck is this? This is awesome. And that was an inspiration because um, I, I was with a federation organization for a quarter of a century, well over 25 years, and it was a, a strict Korean organization, meaning that uh, you don't speak unless spoken to, you stand at attention, you know, and uh, you wait for the senior to eat and drink first. And I mean, it was it was rigid. And I'm all about discipline, but holy cow, that was to an extreme. And I've always been a fun, energetic, lovable goofball. And uh, here you are, a martial artist, and you're you're having fun. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? So <laughs> that was a tremendous inspiration. And uh, because of that, not only start listening to Zig Ziglar, but I went to that Champions Way event, which was in, uh, uh, where the heck was it? Orange Beach, California there, and uh, it was it was incredible, and got a chance to meet you, we connected, became pretty good friends, got a chance to also meet uh, Kiyoshi Dave Kovar, who's become my probably number one mentor now, and then also uh, Master Frida Dorr, and so many other awesome people, but I'm telling you, that wouldn't have been possible if I, you know, didn't tune in to the pot, or the, the webinar that you did, and of course, of course, I had to take the actionable step, but so from the bottom of my heart, thank you so very, very much. Oh, wow. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. And thank you very much for all the kind words. It definitely makes my day when I feel uh, when people reach out and tell me how inspired they are because 
we're all in this together. Martial arts is the greatest activity in the world. And the more people who are motivated and inspired, the more people we can reach out uh, and help out. Awesome. And, and, and as you know, um, you, you obviously probably didn't realize that you had that such, such a profound impact on me with just the one of many webinars you've done. But uh, that's that gift is um, I'm fortunate now that I'm in a position where I <laughs> I feel like, yes, I'm paying it forward and I'm getting the return that you got here. People reaching out that I've never met before talking about, hey, thank you so very much. Because of you, I'm getting back up one more time. Because of you, I start my day off and think, you know, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it instead of looking at all the doom and gloom and everything else. Because there's a lot of yucky stuff out in the world. But our quote today from the uh, Become the Lion, and I've got this book called The Daily Lion, was all about how you see things things or what you look at and how you look at things, uh, the way you look at the world is going to be the kind of the impact on the world. So if you look at them with a different mindset, different change, then you're going to see things differently than what you did before. And I'm, I mean, right here, living proof of that. Absolutely. Change the way you look at things and what you look at changes. Absolutely. Perfect. 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 And I had that kind of conditioning. My father was in the military growing up and he was strict and hardcore to the core and, and then I went into a martial arts organization it was exactly like that so I was kind of uh in discipline I'm all about the discipline I as a matter of fact I I feel we could use a little more discipline in the world today but just <laughs> like anything else if you go to an extreme one way or the other that's just not a good thing so um I, like I said by you having that webinar and then a chance to meet you and then of course when we went to the event you and so many others were so open to share knowledge on how to be an overall better person. And in my interpretation of martial arts was all about that, you know, art form, militaristic art form of bettering yourself. But it wasn't always that way. But you you and Kiyoshi Dave Kovar and so many others were so open to share the knowledge. And, and I tell you, um, it, it's been transformational in my life. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, well, once again, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. And I have to tell you that I saw Zig Ziglar rise uh, many, many years ago when I was very wet behind the ears, and seeing him at his age on stage with the energy and passion for doing what he loves was actually what inspired me to do it. So it's really cool to see how one person can have an effect on so many people and the pay it forward and the ripple down effect. So very cool stuff. I know, great. I'm getting goosebumps just listening to it. And our listeners, <laughs> they, they know I talk about it all the time. And I've got so many Zig Ziglar quotes and references that I use. And, and this is, our, by the way, our 37th podcast. I couldn't believe that I had producer Brian look it up. So what, what better way to have a 37th podcast than have Master Melody Schumann on here, right? <laughs> awesome, awesome. Very cool. <laughs> but uh, the Zig Ziglar quotes, uh, the one I, I, it's literally every single podcast, probably two or three times every podcast. And that is, how do you get everything you want in life? by helping enough other people get what they want. Always paying it forward, doing what you can, looking for the good in people and helping inspire them to believe in themselves. And kind of a little tagline, uh, I've been doing, I don't know, countless speeches with the schools. And that's something you and I can definitely talk about. I know that you do a tremendous amount of work with not only the schools, but uh, uh, other martial arts academies. And your focus is working with kids. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But the thing is, it's together. Everybody collectively working together in our tribe to make our society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. And obviously, that should be the goal of just about everybody. And I think all good-hearted people, that's what we want, is to inspire these kids. Because, you know, it's an old cliche, but the thing about cliches, they've been around, must mean they have some kind of merit, right? Is the kids <laughs> are our future. They truly are. And what we invest in them now is going to return priceless dividends later. Absolutely, 100%. So, Melody, I'll tell you what. Uh, um, 
I, I talk a lot, and I know you, you. Thank you for allowing me to ramble here. You're the guest. I should be letting you tell everybody exactly who the heck you are and all the wonderful things you've done for the uh, not only the martial arts community but people in general. And then obviously talk about your rock star son Van a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, I have many titles. Uh, my my number one title is being a mom. I have a son who's right now at the time of this recording, just two and a half years old, and he is the most amazing thing in the entire world, and whoever says terrible things just really missed the boat, because all of his personality right now is just, it, it, it's a great, great age, and seeing him, you know, seeing the ABCs for the first time, you know, little things like that are just, just, just a great feeling, and my passion is trying to be the best parent I can be for him. So my second title is I'm a pediatric ninja specialist. Love so it. basically what I do is I focus on child development, how children learn and grow, and I also focus on how children behave and what triggers their behavior and how can we prompt children to behave according to the rules without using threat, punishment, coercion, things like that. So all that information that I use in my research then I put put out content in our industry, particularly in the martial arts industry, to help martial arts instructors get a better grasp on how they can help children in a more positive and productive way. Because, which just like you, I grew up in the what was called the dungeon dojo days. I started uh, as much as my 30 year anniversary. So I started martial arts in 1987 in New Orleans, and uh, my believe it or not, my instructor's name was Mr. Slaughter, <laughs> and I was a I was a product of knuckle push-ups in the dead cockroach position. If you can imagine what a dead cockroach looks like, I used to be forced into that position uh, when I would misbehave in class. So those days were really hard, and there was many a times I wanted to quit martial arts because of the strictness, but my parents made me quit it because of my behavior. And it wasn't until I started working at Disney and I learned a lot about entertainment and making children smile, I started carrying over some of that experience into assisting in classes at my school, and it made a tremendous impact on the, the children's behavior and effort, and they, they started to really want to try hard. They, they wanted to do push-ups the best they can, and so entertaining them and using play-based learning, it, it's, a, it's a science, but it's also highly effective, and it's a message that I've been spreading in the martial arts industry for the last 20 years. Um, so that's my second title. And my third title is I'm a Karma Ninja. And just like you mentioned with Zig Ziglar, you can get what you want by helping as many people as you, as, as you can get what they want. I believe being a Karma Ninja is helping out people. And the more you help out people and the more you grow your community, the more you grow your tribe, the more serendipitous luck comes your way. And serendipitous luck is when opportunity and hard work meet. So the more people you reach out to and help out, the more they're going to be successful and the more opportunities are going to be out there for you to continue to grow your craft. So those are my three titles. Um, and, bring, you know, most people would think that I would say martial arts instructor or martial arts consultant, uh, but my perspective on life is being a mom, being a pediatric ninja specialist, and being a karma ninja. That's absolutely beautiful, wonderful and uh, <laughs> listeners out there, uh, the humility is, 
she's far more than than that. I mean, those are three awesome, awesome things. But there's so much foundational support that built up to create those three steps. And um, Melody, I'm not even sure if you're aware of this or not, but I've got a book coming out. I just actually sent the roughest of rough drafts <laughs> yesterday to the editor. And the book is called Square Peg Round Hole, Why Try to Fit In When You Were Born to Stand Out. And uh, I, I tell you what, everything you just said, instead of saying, you know, I'm just a martial arts instructor or martial arts professional or any other title that we could throw out there, you've stood out, even from the martial arts industry. And that's what the book is all about. Believe in your God-given abilities. Realize you're one in seven billion on this planet, but you've got a special gift that nobody else possesses. It's your gift, and it's your purpose to share that gift with the world. But most people, unfortunately, just try to cram themselves in that proverbial round hole as opposed to stepping out. And as we know, when you step out from that crowd, that's not easy, is it? <laughs> you know, it, it is not easy, but it isn't easy to fit in either. So I, if it's going to be hard, I, I might as well stand out and, and be unique and and go on the path less taken because that's where more opportunities and that's where life begins, right? Yeah. Have you read the rough draft of the book? Because that's exactly what it talks about. <laughs> People try it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, the uh, the cover on the book is actually a, um, and in, I'm sure, well, I don't know, Van, Van's probably got one of these, but it's like a little plastic toy set, and it shows the the square peg being crammed into the round hole. And, of course, I don't know if you did that as a kid, but I did. I had the thing, and you got bored with just putting the round peg in a round hole and the triangle and the triangle <laughs> and this and that. So what do you try and do? You try and bang the dang square peg in there. Now, if you do get it in there, it's all misaligned and uh, deformed and everything else, and that's the whole purpose. Too many times we try and cram ourselves, I don't say where we don't belong, but in an area because we think it's going to be more comfortable because we fit in with everybody as opposed to taking that step and standing out. So you know what? I'm going to do, and not in a disrespectful way whatsoever, but in a inspirational driving way that I'm unique. I'm going to show the world what I've got, and that's kind of the whole thing about it. You're going to, you're going to suffer one of two pains, right? The, the pain of regret or the pain of uh, self-discipline. You're going to discipline yourself or you're going to be regretful. And uh, it's Oh, absolutely. And of yeah. course, easy yeah. to say, right? Just like anything else. I can say anything you want. No, and I hear it all the time, and I'm sure you do too, is, oh, well, yeah, easier said than done. I said, well, what in life isn't easier said than done? I mean, anything. But it's sure. simple to do. Sure. Yeah. It's also simple not to do. So, Well, you know, um, Gary V. And I don't really follow him too much anymore because you know, he, he's a little bit abrasive, but some of his messages are really good and it hits on with, to what you're talking about with regret. Because he said, you really want to get a perspective on life. He goes, go to a, an old folks home and sit down and have a conversation with people in like their late 80s. And it'll change your perspective because the number one thing that they talk about is all the things that they regret they didn't do. And he said it really puts a perspective on if they could push rewind and go back in their life, would they do things differently? Would they take those risks? And every one of them would say, yeah, they, they, they had those regrets. So I never want to live with regret. And I think that your message in your book is a fantastic message. It's probably one of the most important messages that you can give to somebody to help direct their life is to not live without regrets. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. I know, um, 
Uh, Gary V. I've read uh, several of his books, and uh, I watch some of his stuff. And as you mentioned, I, I like his message. He's a bit abrasive, so I, uh, uh, I I rarely share any of his material on my Facebook page, and and teach their own. And I'm not a saint. I mean, I, I at times slip up too. But doggone it, I work every single day, and that's my prayer. Every day I wake up and give thanks for the day, but also ask God to help me be a better person today than I was yesterday. Help me be a better father, a better husband, a better mentor, a better author, a better speaker. And then I ask for the courage, confidence, and wisdom to deliver that message in a way that's inspiring to others to help them live their best, well, we call it kicking life here on the Kicking Life Guru Show. But <laughs> <laughs> kicking life. But no, you're exactly right. And, um, and I think that's another thing opening that mind up there's a lot of different messages out there and just you know be selective on what you uh, choose to listen to because as Zig Ziglar says once again you know what you put in is what you're going to get out so stinking thinking you're going to have stinking output and we want to have as much positivity as possible in order to affect people in the most inspirational way um, and we've got something and I'm sure you've got something similar to this at the uh, our academy there when and we go over this every single meeting to kind of drill or pound that message into the staff's mind there. And that is everybody's wearing a sign and that sign says, make me feel special. And you go out of your way to make people. And I like to take things to the extreme. So it's not just special. It's make everybody feel awesome. You know, so they're like, yes, lifting them up. And I bring that point up because you had mentioned you kind of uh, master slaughter. Is that your first instructor? Is that what you said his name was? Mr. Slaughter, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, talk about old school. Uh, anyway, f- from that kind of uh, foundation, and and you were, if I'm not mistaken, you were at Disney for a number of years. Is that correct? I worked at Disney in entertainment, and uh, what a, what a great time! To, uh, I learned a lot uh, from working at Disney. Awesome. Well, my point was not to goof that up. Holy cow, what's wrong with me here? Um, <laughs> that's the right hook of reality coming back at me. That's my little tagline, right hook of reality, but it, I just ate that one. Um, but anyway, my point was uh, working at, at Disney in an undisclosed uh, costume that uh, – um, uh, where am I at? I'm tongue-tied all over myself. Oh, here's something I wanted to share with the listeners. I don't know if you do this, but before every show, I'll, I'll recite my little things, on now, brown cow, and something I read the other day, uh, red leather, yellow leather. Now, I'm asking my listeners, and I'm going to ask you to do it as well, Melody, here, to say – you can say it in your mind, red leather, yellow leather, yellow leather, red leather, but to say it out loud, that is a tongue twister. You want to give it a shot? Red leather, red yellow leather. leather. Say it real red fast. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> red leather, yellow leather. It is. It's funny because I, a good friend of mine, Jason David Friends, he was a fire ranger, and he used to have me do that as well back when he would come over and speak at my school because he would say it. And all these little things that he would have to do before he would get up and you know, doing all this acting and that was one of his uh, rehearsal things. <laughs> I'm dyslexic as it is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, we, we share the same mind as far as uh, ADD, ADHD, and we're just wang, bing, bang, boom out there. But, uh, yeah, so listeners at home, I'm going to give you a second to try and say it. Red leather, yellow leather. Yellow leather, red leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Yellow leather, red leather. There it is. <laughs> tongue, tongue, tongue tied. So that's <laughs> funny for the day. 
So, um, Melody, let's tell our listeners real quick about your skills uh, program and uh, kind of go in a little bit in the dynamics. And you've mentioned part of it already, obviously being a absolutely wonderful mom and the life-changing event of being a mom and how, obviously, you look at things differently. Oh, and then back to the point of the terrible twos, as some people call them. And once again, it's how you look at it. I always like to say the terrific twos, you know, the tremendous twos. <laughs> but, you know, everybody looks at it differently. And, you know, you as adults and especially as parents, Parents push that vibe off on our kids, and uh, uh, we, we really never really know how much pressure we're putting on them just by our our feelings. You know, you're putting out in the universe there, and then I, I say this because I went through this. I was stressed out. I was whacked out of my mind all the time, working literally 100 hours a week and still couldn't pay the bills, and then went bankrupt twice, and all this pressure, all this stress, and all these things coming down, and I never meant to push it off on my kids. But there it is. And you just don't know what you don't know. And um, I look back now and I'm like, oh, my gosh. So that's why I work so hard with this podcast and my video blogs and travel around, give as many speeches as I can, because I want to let other people know it's okay. If you're doing that right now or if you've done that in the past, you can still turn things around. You can still become a better person. It's not that I was a bad person, but I wasn't living the best possible life I could because I simply didn't know what to do. I didn't have the positive influence coming in. And once again, that gets back to Zig Ziglar and surrounding myself with the right type of people. Now, you know, uh, you and I talk eh, hit and miss. I'd like for it to be a more regular basis, but we're busy with our, everything that's going on in life. Uh, Kiyoshi Kovar, I speak with him all the time. And uh, Brandon Beliso, which is another major influence in my life, I speak to him quite a bit and also Chip Townsend. So surrounding myself with those core Boy, oh boy, it has been life-changing as opposed to, you know, some of the people I had surrounded myself with in the past. And what does Jim Rome say? We're a product of the four or five people we surround ourselves with the most. So if your people are pulling you down, you're eventually going to lose that battle. If you've got people pulling you up, you're going to be much, much better and become the best person you can be. So anyway, the lead-in to that was tell us about um, your transformation. <laughs> from, what was the question again? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Bing, bang, boom. That's Our listeners like, oh, my God, kicking life guy, come on now. But... Um, <laughs> Um, you shared a story with me. I got to change the question now that uh, I forgot what it was, but <laughs> you shared a story similar of, you know, you had an extremely successful dojang. You were, um, you know, doing really, really well, but you were running yourself to death and you weren't able to really in- enjoy life because it was, you were doing everything. You were a one woman band at the Academy there, uh, teaching every class, making every lesson plan, signing every person up. So you were really going nuts and you weren't enjoying that process. So you took a major, major step, and I'll let you tell the story, but you, you sold your place and then decided you're going to start something better because you knew you had a bigger purpose. Did, did I get that accurate? Is that right, correct? Uh, well, well, actually, we, we had, I was married at, at the time. We belonged to a large martial arts organization, and uh, we had over 700 students, and our school was grossing over a million dollars a year revenue. So we were extremely successful. The problem was that it was the grind of trying to enroll enough students to continue to grow and losing so many students out the back door. And I just, every time we lost a student, it was a little tear in my heart. And, you know, after you lose 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 students, you have all these little tears in your heart. Your heart's just destroyed. And I just couldn't figure out why students were quitting because, I loved martial arts so much, it was such a passion. But I realized that what we were doing could definitely be done better because at the time, we were putting kids all, of all ages in the same class. So we had 6- to 12-year-olds in the same class. 
So, you know, six-year-olds are in the first grade. They're just learning addition and subtraction. 12-year-olds are working on the Pythagorean theorem. You know, they're working on algebra <laughs> and they're working on equations. So you have these two totally different human beings with two totally different brains. Um, and also just, you know, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and socially, they're just in totally different stages of development. So it makes sense that when we run a class, you know, the, the older kids, the drill's challenging enough for the older kids, the younger kids couldn't keep up. So then we come down the drill for the younger kids, but then the older kids were losing interest. And we started identifying that during mid-level of their ranking, which is around green belt level, the, that was the largest dropout rank in our school. And the largest dropout age were the older kids. The 12-year-olds were dropping out, and that's why they were losing interest. The second largest dropout age were the 6-year-olds. And they were dropping out, not because they were losing this, but because it was getting too hard. So we were running these roller coaster classes, and it just really boggled my mind. So I ended up by uh, another story is why I ended up selling my school. But I came out of the organization for creating a program called the Little Ninjas, which is a preschool program, because we didn't have a program in place for them. This was back in, in the 90s. So I wrote this program for young children, and it became a global phenomenon. My organization got upset with me, and they, they kicked me out of my own organization. So my decision was uh, for my husband and I at the time to switch our schools over to our own organization or need to focus on doing the little ninjas. And that's what I decided to do. And as I started traveling to martial arts schools all around the world, I started realizing that every school was having the same issues. So I ended up selling my schools and walking away and just focusing on studying martial arts schools and trying to figure out why are children quitting mid-level, the older ones because it's getting too easy, the younger ones because they're losing interest, uh, the older ones because they're losing interest, the younger ones because it's getting too hard. And I was like, I figured it out. I figured out that martial arts, it needs to be taught according to the children's stages of development. So I said, okay, what I'm going to do is open up a martial arts school that's totally different than anything else you've ever seen. So instead of dividing our classes by belt rank, we divide our classes by age. So we have three and four-year-olds, which are your preschools, preschoolers, they're in their own class. You have five and six-year-olds, which are kindergarten and first graders, they're in their own stage development. And then your seven to nine-year-olds, which are your second, third, and fourth graders. And then your 10 to 14-year-olds. Now, these aren't ages that I just said, hey, I'm going to put three and four-year-olds in this class and five and six-year-olds in this class. And then let me see. Yeah, let me do these guys in this class. I actually studied and understood stages of development. And stages of development growth is, is done by grade. So, for example, as I mentioned, three and four-year-olds are in preschool. When a child steps into kindergarten, it's a whole new stage of development, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and socially. And that's why five and six-year-olds are in their own program. Then when they get to second grade, this is where they're reading to learn, not learning to read, right? It's a whole other stage of development. And then the same thing when they get into fifth grade. So that's basically how I, the foundation of skills was created, because I put them in their own classes. But then I say, okay, so now how do I teach martial arts according to their stage of development? Because most martial arts schools, they teach martial arts, and the children ultimately develop skills as they train martial arts, right? They ultimately develop their balance, ultimately develop agility, ultimately develop coordination, ultimately develop technique. But it's, it's all based on you know, their ability to develop those skills as they practice their martial arts. And typically, only the anomalies were thriving in these classes, because most martial arts curriculums are written for young, young men from the military, right? That's the, the history behind martial arts. So then what I said is, okay, so let's look at the skills then. What kind of skills are children building when they're three and four-year-olds? Then I said, what are five and six-year-olds developing? Not just in martial arts, but just in general. You know, for example, now that they have 80% of their vocabulary, they're focused. 
is now becoming a prominent skill. And now that they have good uh, core muscle strength, balance is a skill. Now that they are understanding uh, problem solving and so forth, coordination is a skill. So then what I did is I just said, okay, let's, let's figure out what the top eight skills the three and four-year-olds are developing. And then let's figure out what the top eight skills are, five and six-year-olds are developing. Same thing with seven and nine, same thing with ten and up. And then I plugged in martial arts into those skills. And what I did is I then reverse engineered our curriculum. So I said, what would a five or six-year-old look like if he was in his top 5% of his stage of development for each particular skill? Let me give you an example. Balance. You know what the average five or six-year-old can do, or how many kicks the average five and six-year-old can do, Rich? Just an average five or six-year-old. How many kicks can they do without putting their foot down? Five. Yeah, it's anywhere between three and five, right? Yep. So what if I told you that a five-year-old, I have a five-year-old that can do 50 kicks without putting his foot down. What would you say? <laughs> That's outstanding. Yeah, he's way above his stage of development, right? Absolutely. So white belt, level, white belt level for their balance, they have to do five kicks without putting their foot down. Next belt level is 10, then 15, then 20, then 25, so that when they graduate the program, which is nine belt levels, they're able to do 50 kicks without putting their foot down. That's awesome. Same concept with the coordination. You know, white belt has to do five left and right punches uh, correctly. Next next belt level is five left and right kicks. Next belt level is 10 left and right combinations. All the way up to when they graduate, they're doing a 16-move kickboxing combination. So their coordination is now in the top 5% of their stage development. So I created the curriculum to reverse engineer so that when they kid graduates the program, all eight of these skills are going to be in the top 5% of their stage development physically, intellectually, emotionally, and socially. And that was a product that parents really started wrapping their head around and saying, wow, this isn't just my child learning how to kick and punching or self-defense. This is helping my child become the best version of themselves. And that's, again, the theory behind skills is the science, integrating that science and psychology into the martial arts. It's been groundbreaking and revolutionary for the schools that are embracing it. Now, I'm not saying that traditional martial arts is not a good curriculum. Traditional martial arts is a great curriculum. Traditional martial arts just is a more challenging curriculum to reach the masses and retain the masses. Where skills is, it's a very simplified concept that really targets a larger majority of the children because we're targeting their stage of development. Wow, wow, wow. And listeners, uh, you, you, you thought I could talk. <laughs> That was all in one breath. How about that? <laughs> but uh, obviously you heard the compassion, the sincerity in her voice. And I tell you, from knowing uh, Melody for a number of years now, she puts her heart and soul into everything she does and always has as far as I could. I mean, even before I met her, the people that talked about her, her progression, her stepping stone, and you know, just the amount of time she put into the study and learning all because she wanted to do more. And that's kind of the message of the show here. Is in Melody, have you read the book The Alchemist? I have, yes. It's yeah. a great book. Ah, well, it, um, and I wrote that down in my notes to make sure, because I thought you had, but I wasn't sure. I just read that book um, over the summer. I, well, I listened to the audio book, read the book, and then listened to the audio book again. And the story you just told gave me goosebumps again, because here it's kind of like the boy in The Alchemist. He had, with the china shop and everything else, right there was good. And then we went to the uh, the Oasis. 
He had it all set up, but he knew he had a bigger purpose. He knew there was more out there for him. So even though that he had a good life, things were going good, he knew the great was just over that next hill, over that next horizon, but he knew he had to fight for it too. And uh, you're living proof of everything. You had extremely successful school, but you knew you had a bigger purpose. You knew your God-given talent was to impact more than just in your small community there. You wanted to impact you know, the world with, with your knowledge, and you put in the time and research to do it. And I tell you, uh, being a, a very competitive athlete, I played baseball, football, and and hockey at an extreme level. Hockey, I got a chance to play a little semi-pro. Uh, obviously, I didn't make it. That was my earlier dream. But uh, I don't say I fell back on martial arts. But martial arts is always that foundation there. And uh, I was 19. I only weighed. I was like maybe maybe five foot six, five foot seven, and maybe 120 pounds soaking wet. So I wasn't a very big guy. And I'm going against middle linebackers on skates, and it just wasn't meant to be. But my point of telling this story is with the development, and I've coached all three of those sports at all different levels, and I've got a degree in kinesiology, the study of human movement, and also in education. So I was a PE teacher for 11 years, and I saw these kids all the way through, not only coaching them as a coach with baseball, football, and hockey, but also being their PE teacher and then, of course, martial arts instructor. You're 100% on task. So listeners out there and others in the martial arts community that are listening, it is essential that you group kids according to their ability level, their age level, because they learn differently. And I think that analogy it gave about, you know, a six-year-old or what was it? One's just learning to read and the others is reading to learn. Was that the, did I say that correctly? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Beautiful. I mean, wonderful, wonderful. And that's how you connect. And yeah, we're not saying anything negative about the traditional martial arts systems. We both grew up in that. Uh, I started back in, oh gosh, 81, I guess. And uh, like I mentioned, it was rigid. It was hardcore. And I spent time in Korea on four different little uh, martial arts tours. We trained up in the mountains of, of Korea. And I'll tell you what, it was it was pretty intense. But the thing with the organization I was with, similar to what you mentioned there, Melody, they had not changed. Well, the organization was the organization Chuck Norris got his first black belt in in Osan Air Force Base in Korea. They had not changed the curriculum much since the Chuck Norris days. And that was in the 60s. So it was taught, like you said, to guys in the military. Well, kids today, well, kids in general learn differently, but especially today. And if you can't connect, and I've always thought and believe in my heart that your best communicators are the ones that can communicate with their intended audience on a level they understand. You've got to put it in terms that a three and four year old understands. You got to put it in terms that a seven and eight year old understands. You got to put it in terms that a teenager and a guy in his 50s, 60s, or 70s understands. You have to connect with them. And it's not about what you know, it's how you can impact that person to help them know what you know. And wow, Melody, you, you summed all that up in one breath, too. So that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, you know, to just to add on to that, when, when we talk about how we need to communicate on their level, what you have to do is you have to understand what to expect and what not to expect from each one of those stages of development well. So that's the, that's the secret is if you know what a three- and four-year-old is, is physically capable of, intellectually, emotionally, and socially, and also what they're not capable of, that's how you're able to communicate with them the right way. You know, the perfect example is, how many years we're in America? So, how many years of English has a three-year-old had? <laughs> Maybe. Well, I guess hear right? parents, yeah, but three, yeah, three, three yeah, exactly. years. Yeah, right, right. And, and four-year-old has, has had four years of English, right? Let me give you a really quick uh, analogy. So, I took four years of Spanish in high school, but if I were to go to Mexico 
and go and sit down and have dinner with a traditional Mexican family and all they speak is Spanish, do you think that I would be able to have an intellectual conversation with that family? You're, you're an intelligent lady, but I have to say no. <laughs> yeah, I'm an intelligent lady, but I know. No, I would get the gist of what they're saying. I would hear Negro, I'd hear Black, Negro, dog, pass the house. Okay, the black dog man in the house. Okay, I get it. But they're already on to the next conversation, right? Yep. So think about a three or four-year-old. When you say something, for example, you have all your kids lined up against the wall, and you say, okay, Johnny, come on over here. And then Johnny gets up, and all the other kids come over here, too. And you're like, no, I just said Johnny. They just are trying to get the gist of what you're saying. And they see Johnny saying that, so they stand up and go as well. And a lot of martial arts instructors or parents or teachers or coaches, when they see that, then they get frustrated at the other kids who came and think that they're not good listeners. Because they all came. When you got to realize that they've only had three or four years of English, so they had to come over here. They didn't understand the context of just Johnny. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I so, think, I'm sorry. So, yeah, so. Understanding their stage of development, so understanding that for each particular age group, it will really help not only develop a little bit more clarity so that you're easier on yourself when you're working with them, but also so that you can really not be so frustrated with them when they make these certain specific typical mistakes, thinking that they don't have discipline or thinking that they're not good listeners. You know, even when we talk about when we talk about teenagers. And I do this in my instructor certification. I say, you know, preteens and teens are really, 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 really lazy. And of course, the audience goes, yes. And then I'm like, why are they lazy? <laughs> and a lot of, and it, the, the, the comment, I did this when I was at the show in front of hundreds of people in the audience. And I'm like, why are preteens and teens lazy? And the common answer is more, because they're entitled, because they're spoiled. Uh, because they're just not motivated. And those were the common answers that a lot of instructors were giving back to me. And I was like, they're lazy because their bodies are going through changes. It's actually science. Their bodies are physically have new chemicals. All oh, Their brain is changing. All these things are being rewired. They're exhausted. It's like you working out for six hours a day, five days a week. How tired would you be? So that's why they are actually lazy. It's actual science. It's not because they're spoiled or entitled. So if you have that perspective with preteens and teens when you're working with them, you're going to get much, much better results from them, understanding that scientifically they are lazy. So being able to intrinsically tap into their motivation to get them to try hard using age-appropriate tactics. And a perfect example, just so that you have great takeaways, especially the martial arts owners and instructors, or even if you're a parent of preteen and teens. To give you an example, one way to get preteens and teens to actually do something they don't want to do is to give them choices on how to do it. So, for example, I have a class of preteens and teens, and I say, okay, guys, I want you to practice your form for 15 minutes. You're at the class, you're going to hear moans and groans. Oh, I don't want to do it, except for your anomalies, right? But if you said, okay, here's what we're going to do. In this ring over here, you're going to do your form with weight. This ring over here, you're doing your form backwards. This ring over here, you're going to do your form in slow motion. And this ring over here, you're going to do your form progressively, which is first move, start back to the beginning. First, second move, start back to the beginning, and so forth. Okay, so those are your four options. Which, which option would you pick? Which option would I pick? Slow motion, weight, backwards, backwards or, or progressive. Which way would you do, practice your form? Well, progressive. Progressive. Me too. I'm a progressive girl, right? Okay, yep. so five minutes, you do your form that way, Okay. Five minutes is up. Now you have to switch. Now what do you want to do? Form to weight, slow motion, or backwards? Uh, slow motion. But I, you know what? I, that's the exact same thing I would do as well. Okay? <laughs> now five minutes go by. We have five minutes left. Pick one more. You want to do it now backwards or with weight? Uh, let's go with weight. 
Okay, excellent. Me too. <laughs> We're exactly like you just did your form for 15 minutes, but you chose how you were practicing your form. How hard are you trying during that 15 minutes because you chose the way that you were doing your form? Were you trying even harder? Well, you're changing the the mindset, so absolutely, because I wasn't doing the same yeah. thing over and over and over and over. Because, you know, let me interject. I, we I kind of built in some different ways of doing our kicking combinations as opposed to just standing in front of the mirror and kicking eight times, ten times toward the mirror. You know, regardless who you are and what level you are, by the fourth or fifth time, you've already lost a little bit, even though you're forcing it. So what we do is we kick. Right, right, right. But, but, but here's. Let's not get off topic, and I don't mean to interrupt. Oh, that's okay. Uh, but the, the point, okay, so the point is, like, when you're talking with teenagers, instead of telling them, hey, you have to do this, you have oh, to do that, give them choices. Engage them in choices, and that's talking to them on their level. Because when you talk to them on their level, you can get them to do anything that you want. Because we have an amazing team program. People are like, wow, how do you have so many things? Because we understand their stage of development. We understand that scientifically they are lazy. So we know we have to tap into them intrinsically. So we know we have to engage them in choices. Let them choose. Give them options so that they can make their own decisions. Because that's also part of teaching them how to have self-discipline and how to become an adult. So going back to the story and the point of what I was, the point I was trying to come, come across is after I did that presentation, I even had one of the top guys from Century come over and go, you just changed my entire perspective on my teenage daughter. I looked at my teenage daughter was thinking that she's spoiled, entitled, unmotivated, and lazy. And what you just said about it's scientific and in her body, she is going through all these hormone changes. And, and she does have these ups and downs. But the way you broke it down, it made me understand that I need to start to understand what she can do, what she can't do, and why she does these things. And maybe be able to talk to her on her level. You said you're going to change my whole perspective on how I deal with her and handle her now because of all because of all those facts so again going back the point is definitely understand their stage of development do good research just google stages of development there's tons and tons of blogs all over the place i even have a podcast uh, that i address it and if you understand what to expect and what not to expect you're going to become a better teacher a better parent uh, a better aunt or uncle you know a better grandparent where whichever however you're influencing children in your life if you know these details, it will change not only your life, but it will change their life. That was beautiful. Absolutely wonderful. And a, a couple of touch points. Number one, uh, share with our listeners uh, your podcast and also any and every bit of information on how they can get a hold of you, how they can follow you, and how they can uh, you know uh, learn some of the knowledge and tips and the skills program and everything else. G- give, it, give it all to us here. Yep. You know, the easiest way is just go to MelodyShuman.com. It's M-E-L-O-D-Y-S-H-U-M-A-N dot com. And my podcast is on there. I have blogs on there. You can access skills from there. You can email me from there. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And and listeners, uh, especially our, our listeners out there that have teenagers or preteens, that was priceless information you just received there on how to connect with the kids. And uh, the, the thing, uh, I guess I was bringing up earlier, you mentioned about kids three years old, how much English have they really had? Well, yeah, they've heard English, I guess, for three years, but how many years have they really interpreted what's being said to them? So the same scenario you mentioned about going to Mexico, even though you had four years of Spanish, were you able to communicate? So a three- or four-year-old who really has only understood the language maybe for two years at most and then communicated back and forth, you've got to speak and talk on their level of understanding, and that's communication. Uh, and then to get frustrated, like you'd mentioned, with, with a child that you're not speaking their language, 
Whose fault is that? You are not communicating with them. Who's smarter? Who's more intelligent? Who's older? Who's got more experience? Well, you as a parent, <laughs> you do. So you've got to figure out a way. And it was beautiful. You mentioned you can find these things not only by checking out Melody Schumann's page, uh, but also just a simple Google search. And we're on our phones. We're on our devices all the time. So maybe take a little break from social media and do a little bit of research and a better way to connect with your kids. And I'll tell you, that small amount of time you spend is going to pay priceless dividends later. Not only in the connection and communication with your kids, which is going to make everybody happier, but you're going to have that deep sense of satisfaction and joy to know that, you know what, I connected with my child. I put away that doggone Facebook, which has become addicting. I'm not worrying about all the other yucky stuff that's going on in the world today. I am connecting here with my child to help them live their best possible life to become a better person. Oh, absolutely wonderful, Melody. Thank you so much for sharing all that. You're very welcome. And, um, you, you know, that, of course, my mind, bing, bang, boom, all over the place. It reminded me of a, a little story about not connecting with the kids. Um, and I taught PE for 11 years, and I would teach anywhere from I was K through 12. So I got the whole perspective. One year, uh, actually for four or five years in a row, I'd teach an early bird class to the alternative kids. The only chance of graduating was to take, uh, they were at uh, the alternative school. So they, they're kind of like a last hope of graduation is at this school. And that would be like at 7.30 in the morning. And then I would go from there to grade schools and then the middle of the day to middle schools. And I was all over the place. But I remember one particular incident. It was like the ninth class of the day I was teaching. And I taught, I don't know, seven or eight kindergarten classes prior to that. And I'm talking to the kids. And, you know, every time I'd walk out there, I'd always tell myself, look, you're walking on stage. It's the first time and the only time this week these kids are going to see you. Give it your all because they're, you know, I, I'm a goofball, so I want to have fun with the kids, but I want to make sure I had the right mindset. Well, occasionally the mind would wonder. So I'm explaining this uh, drill or going over something with the kids, and they all look at me with this dead look like, uh. And I, I, I remember saying, guys, what language am I speaking here? I can't believe I said that, number one, but that's the honest truth that came out. <laughs> and one little kid raises his hand and goes, uh, German? Is that what you're speaking, Mr. Grogan? I had to walk out of the class and walk out, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I have not connected with these kids at all. With German. Yeah, so in their minds, I was literally speaking German because I wasn't connecting with them. So I hadn't thought about that in a long, long time. But your story you just told made me, uh, poof, isn't that crazy how the mind works? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have your kids ever told you you're speaking German? <laughs> my kids, uh, they, they have told me I speak too fast, though. So. Well, just a little bit, but that's okay. But no, so there you go. You got something to work for. When, when you, you've confused the kids so much, they think you're actually speaking German. Okay, good. Now, in the studio, we speak Korean back and forth a little bit, so that would be understandable. But uh, German, I'm like, oh, I don't know one word in German. So <laughs> that was not a good connection with the kids there. Golly. Well, um, Melody, I, I don't know. We have, you know, we spoke a little bit, but this didn't come up. Uh, by chance, are you going to the Success Live event next weekend in Long Beach, California? I am actually going. I am a, the keynote speaker at a seminar in Chicago. In Chicago, um, it's called the Millionaire Summit, and uh, Greg Horton, who is a very successful oh, entrepreneur, yeah. is, is, and uh, Sam On, who is a, a multi, multi, multi millionaire martial arts scorer, not because of his actual martial arts business, but him taking the profits from his martial arts business and investing it in stocks and bonds and so forth uh, has developed, he has a, a, a very, very successful portfolio. 
So I'll be the keynote speaker at that event next week. So no, I won't be at the uh, event in Long Beach. Awesome sauce. Well, that, that's okay. And now that you, you mentioned that, I remember seeing uh, that pop up on the news feed there. And uh, it's uh, unfortunate I can't clone myself and be in two places at once because I'd definitely <laughs> like to be at that event. Could, could you tell our listeners, uh, especially those that are in the martial arts community, where that ev- event is at in Chicago? And if can they still uh, uh, get tickets to go or is it sold out? It's not sold out. Um, it is at a martial arts owner's uh, school, and I don't. I apologize. I don't know the name of the school right off the top of my head. But if you shoot me an email through MillerYouTube.com, I can send you the link so that you can find out more information. It's from 12 o'clock to 5 o'clock next Saturday. It's going to be a great event. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome, sauce. Awesome. Well, Greg Horton there, and uh, obviously, listeners, you've been listening for the last um, well, 45 minutes to Master Melody Schumann here and total rock star. Uh, and that's just the tip of the iceberg of all the information you're going to get if you attend one of those events or if you sign up for her skills program and connect with her and all the different wonderful uh, uh, venues and outlets she has in order to help inspire these kids and connect with the kids to live their best possible life. Absolutely wonderful. Um, the uh, And actually, uh, another thing, I'll talk about the Long Beach thing in just a second here. I've got uh, Kiyoshi Dave Kovar is coming to our academy uh, September, uh-oh, uh, what is it, 15th. And uh, so we're extremely excited about that. Uh, he was able to make a visit last year and did an instructor boot camp, which was awesome. This year he's doing a business boot camp, so we're extremely excited about that. And uh, once again, Mel, to give you props, if you know I wouldn't have heard that webinar, I uh, wouldn't have went to the uh, Champions Way event there, and I wouldn't have met Kiyoshi Kovar, and things would be a lot different than they are now. So thank you once again. Oh, you're very welcome. The, uh, the Long Beach event, though, I'm extremely excited about. It's uh, the Success Live event with uh, hosted by Brandon Bouchard. They've also got Mel Robbins there and Les Brown. So I'm extremely excited about going there. And I went ahead and splurged and got the VIP ticket, and we get to have an exclusive lunch with uh, one of those three, which I think will be outstanding. It's a two-day event and just another way to increase the knowledge. And you don't know what you don't know, and then surround yourself with people that know what you don't know in order to learn that. So good stuff there as well. Um, so, Melly, you're in Florida. What, what part of Florida? St. Petersburg, is that correct? Yep, yep, St. Petersburg, Florida. So, how's, is everything good down there? Are you okay with uh, uh, the hurricane coming through in Texas? Yeah, we, we just got some CDNs earlier in the week, but uh, it's sunshine and beautiful today. So, we're going to go to a outdoor concert tonight, and then we'll be on the boat tomorrow. Uh, there's no complaints here. Okay, good, good. We um, uh, we had a self-defense class initially scheduled at the academy for Saturday, but what we're going to do is we're going to postpone that thing for two weeks and draw up as much media attention and community attention as we can. And I've contacted the schools and uh, the superintendent of schools about doing kind of a combined joint effort. And what we're going to do is the self-defense class, it's $50 a person, but 100% of that is going to go to the J.J. Watt Fund, uh, the foundation. And J.J. Watt is a uh, defensive end for the Houston Texans, an extremely good man. Uh, he does so much for charity, and it's really nice that to not only is he doing this, but people are starting to realize all the wonderful things he does. Uh, he started a little. Foundation. Oh yeah, he raised like eleven and a million already for the uh, for the fund. Yeah, it was, it's uh, it's up to thirteen million now as of this morning. Is so. it up to thirteen? It wow, is. Wow, wow, uh, very cool. I'm, I didn't have to watch my sports center yet today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's doing a wonderful thing, and we're going to do that in our community to hopefully, um, well, just 
the, the art of giving back. Let people know. So we're going to give up our time, our academy space, and teach a knock, lights out, knock down self-defense class. So listeners, if you haven't uh, subscribed to our podcast, number one, make sure you do so. Kicking Life Podcast and share with others and uh, download past episodes. But that's the way to kind of build this tribe and kind of do what we, our, our goal and our mission here is to make our society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live by inspiring kids and adults to believe in themselves in order to respect others. And that's our end-all, be-all goal with everything we do here. And as I mentioned before, listeners, you can find our podcast, lineupmedia.fm, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Podbean. And if you haven't liked uh, my Facebook page yet, it's Master Rich Grogan, Kickin' Life Guru. Give us a shout-out. Let me know if there's something you'd like to hear on the podcast or maybe a success story or maybe something you're going through that you'd like to hear us talk about. Uh, I'm going to do as much research as I can in the background and get the most awesome, super terrific, wonderful guest like Master Melody Schumann, and we've had Kiyoshi Dave Kovar. We've had uh, Chip Townsend, Mr. Chris Nansky, all kinds of others coming on the show. So give us a shout-out. Let us know what's on your mind, and please share with others. So, Melody, man, we have covered a lot. Holy smokes. Can you believe that time has flown by this fast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely did have. Well, good stuff. Yeah. Did you have any final parting remarks with uh, with our listenership here? Uh, you know, um, geez, we, I, we, we definitely just both belted out, like, a, a lot of great information for everybody. So, you know, maybe, probably one final thought is just a, a really – a really great takeaway on if, if you are going to study and do your due diligence on the stages of development and Google things. One thing that I like to do is I like to write myself a, a little, like a, a mini book report slash email to myself. So for example, when I'm reading a book, I'll read a chapter. And then when I'm done with that chapter, I'll write myself an email with my, my interpretation of that particular chapter. And, uh, you know, I'll dog ear certain pages. So then I'll go back and I'll, you know, write the quotes down in my email of what I like. And that's a great way to go back after you've read the book. Then you could just read your emails again and, and really help you retain the information uh, to an even deeper level. So if you're going to study the stages of development, the same concept works. Do your research. Send yourself a text. Send yourself an email. Or even just write it down in a notebook what your biggest takeaways are because going through that process will help you retain the information even more. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And, of course, uh, and we've heard this before, there's the different stages and different ways of learning. Obviously, if you hear something, you're going to pick up some. If you uh, read it, you're going to pick up a little bit more. But how, if you write it down in your own words and then you re- or repeat it back to yourself, it's going to be much more meaningful. And, of course, the best way is to teach somebody else. And that's just a different way of kind of conditioning that mindset, conditioning that growth, that knowledge to help you become your very, very best. Holy cow. Well, Melody, thank you so very, very much. I know you're extremely busy with everything you've got going on in the world. Uh, And, you know, kudos to you for everything you're doing with that big guy, Van, who's just a super awesome rock star because, well, he's taken after his mother, so he doesn't have much of a choice in that matter. (laughs) But uh, in all seriousness, thank you very much for your time. Uh, Listeners out there, uh, what a treat. And please look up Melody. Follow her on Facebook, check out her skills program, and as always, as we end every podcast, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, you get out there and do your best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. God bless you, and God bless your loved ones. We'll talk to you again real soon. Bye-bye.
Thank you. Have a great one. Bye. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kickin' Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinlifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week. Another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.